Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever it is you're coming from. Thanks for joining. I am super excited to be back with my next episode of Rewarding Conversations, as I am here with Maddie Poppy. So if that sounds familiar, uh, it is because Maddie is the season 16 winner of American Idol. How cool is that? Um, I'm super excited to have her on today. Maddie, thank you for joining. Oh my gosh, thank you for having me. I'm pumped to be here. Yeah, this is really cool. Um, we were talking just before we got started, and uh, as I kind of have have said, I'm not I'm not a huge fan of all the musical shows and everything. They're, they've become sort of a dime a dozen to me. There's just musical shows for every. There's there's everything for everything, right? <laughs> um, but I found you a couple years ago on YouTube, and just some of your performances from American Idol were on YouTube. And I just very vividly remember going, oh, okay, well, this is different. She sounds different than most of the contestants. She seems different than most of the, your personality and just everything was very kind of infectious. And and my friends agreed. And, you know, we, we are definitely fans of you and your style of music. And, uh, you know, I, I want to get into all the things, what you have going on now and, you know, your, your kind of trials and tribulations if you will of going through american idol and kind of post american idol and pre -American, and all that kind of cool stuff but um first off like i said thank you for being on i know you're a busy person you said you just finished like a photo shoot yesterday right yeah i did a i did a video shoot actually so oh, even more that, intense. like like a music video um do, do they still make those anymore do they still make music yes, <laughs> I, well i have a music video coming out but yesterday we filmed a um a live performance video so that's even more pressure wow Okay, so I'm 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 going uptown now with having you on here. This is cool. Um you you know, you're doing all of these things, right? You're filming videos and you have music coming out and you've done music video and you you're doing just all and you're going to be touring soon and you have all these things, but you know, rewind, you know, that rewind music years ago, you know, before you go on American you grew up in Iowa um and you're just you know, not not saying this in a negative way or whatever, but it's just true. You're just a normal person. You're just a normal human, and you still are, right? You're you're Maddie. You're just a normal, but you're a normal person, and nobody knows you, and you're not famous. And you know, I, I like to say, you know, and I don't mean this in a negative way, but it's like nobody cares, right? You're just you're just a person. <laughs> you're just a woman who lives in Iowa. That's it, right? And then you auditioned for American Idol, and was it? You know, tell me that did everything instantly change because. I would imagine you go through your audition and it was a super popular audition. People loved you. The judges loved you in particular. It was like Katy Perry. I just remember like, was like a nut about you. Like she loved you. She loved your style and everything. And I think it reminded her of kind of herself. Um, but, but it was, you know, did everything just instantly change for you or was there a little bit of a lag? Um, you know, when I was on the show, while it was airing, I, remember feeling very insecure because thing it didn't take off for me right away like it did for other contestants. And I was so obsessed with, you know, we had, there were social media people on the, on the show that would help us and tell us what kind of content we need to put out and, and give us assets to post and stuff. And, and they would always say, you know, you got to get your numbers up or, you know, you got to, blah 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 and so that no, was no addition no additional pressure or anything right you yeah. got to get your numbers up yeah so that was always in my head um and and I was constantly looking at the other you know when it was airing we knew who the top 14 were at that time so they were showing Hollywood week and stuff and and we knew you know who who was in the top 14 and so every week we would watch okay well this person is getting a lot of attention and their numbers would go up 
And then this person would um, do really well and their numbers would go up. And going into the top 14, I think I was in the bottom two of like social media numbers. Like I had the least wow. amount of Instagram followers. And that was so scary because I that really got to me. I was like, okay, well, I'm going home because I'm not a popular contestant right now. Um, but I kind of used that as a... Um, kind of as a lesson for other contestants because I got in my head so much about it. And yeah. now looking back, it's like Instagram obviously doesn't matter on American Idol. That's not where, yeah. that's not where the voters are. You know, that's the, the voter, the voter audience is kind of like, you know, the moms on Facebook and stuff. And that's where, yeah. that's where your numbers matter. But Instagram, I, I got so in my head and it, it but didn't even matter in the end. That's so interesting. Um, okay, so t tell me, you know, what was the actual motivating factor for you to say, okay, you know what, I'm going to try out for this show. I'm, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to, you know, just head on over and, you know, sit in that room with a million people. And yeah, I'm going to I'm going to do it. Sure. Why not? Well, you know, um, I was in Iowa, and I was going to college at the time. And but obviously, I always wanted to be a musician. I was doing shows on the side, playing at coffee shops, farmers markets, anything I could, auditioning for anything I could because that's kind of the fast track, yeah. you know. And and it's not like I could just up and move to Nashville. I didn't know anybody. I can't up and move to LA. I didn't know anybody. I didn't even know where to start. I didn't have an intro. And so I was like, auditioning is my way out of here. And like, I feel like. I don't know what else to do. So that's that's kind of what I was always doing, auditioning for anything I possibly could. Um, and uh, I actually did The Voice in um, 2016. Um, I didn't get a chair to turn, um, and which I look back now. You know, at the time I was like, it was devastating because I was like, American Idol was like off the air at that time. And I was yeah. like, that was my last chance. Like that was my big chance. Wow to, to be, to have the national exposure and I didn't get it. And mm. I was, you know, but I didn't know my, I didn't know who I was as an artist. I didn't know any, I mean, I, I, I was so naive and immature at the time. I, I look back and I'm so grateful it didn't work out because yeah. I would not have been able to handle that yeah. um, at that time. And so, um, obviously, you know, that kicked me pretty hard. That was, that was tough. But, um, you know, um, I think I was, I was like, I was, it was a day off. I was laying in bed, I remember. And my dad called me up and he's like, hey, um, American Idol's coming back on the air. Um, you should audition. I heard Katy Perry's going to be a judge. And I was like, really? That's so cool. Um, cool. Yeah, why not? And I was just like, sure. And then August 29th. Um, I don't know why I remember these dates so vividly, but that's awesome. August, August 29th, <laughs> we went to Omaha and I stood in the line and, you know, there are hundreds of people and we were one of the first ones in line. And that was the first audition. Wow. Um, so you walk into the room and, you know, Luke Bryan and Lionel Richie and Katy Perry are sitting there and they're, they're staring at you and you come in there and you've already gone through, you've gone on The Voice, and you've been rejected, and you walk into this room, you know, did you have those thoughts in your head of, like, here we go again, they're not going to like me, they're going to turn me away, I'm going to be crushed again, screw this, I'm never doing this again, or did you walk into that room and go, 
I'm giving this everything I have and whatever happens, happens. You know, um, I went into every round of this show very pessimistic. Really? I went in just like thinking, enjoy it because this is the last time you're going to sing on this show. Um, And everything was such a mind game with me. Like, I am such a conspiracy theorist. Like, I... I, (laughs) I get, I get so deep into those and I believe, I truly believe that a lot of those, I, I think every, everything is so much deeper than just surface level. And I think we're, we're so naive to believe that everything is just as it seems. I always talk about things are rigged. I'm just like, listen, they already know who they're going to have as the winner before they even do it. And they, (laughs) you know, they know who's going to move on to the next round before the voting even begins. Like, I always say that about that kind of stuff. You know, I will say with with Idol, I believe if it was rigged, I would not have won. Because I I mean, yeah, popular, you know, pure popularity and numbers wise, you said you were at the bottom, right? So if it was rigged, it wouldn't make sense for you to win. Exactly. Um. But yeah, so I went into every round just very, and, and, and so I'd get in my head, you know, I was the fourth person ever to audition in front of the judges because I was in New York on the first day and that was the first city and they had given out three tick, three golden tickets before me. And I was like, there's no way they're going to give out four in a row. Like they have to like spare these, you know, yeah. they have all these cities to go to. And so I was always in my head about that. And then I'd be like, well, why would they put me as number four? Well, look at these people in front of me. Okay, well, why would they bring me to New York? Why? Because um, they would, you know, I could have picked any city to audition in. And yeah. they called me up early and were like, we really want you to be on our first day in New York. We'll fly you out there and put you up in a hotel. And I was like, okay, that's a good sign that they like me, right? Because why would they invest money in me if they didn't see, you know, if they didn't, like, I actually kind of forgot about that until just now. But Anyways, so I was always reading into every little thing that they would do because I was like, okay, they must see something in me, you know? Yeah, yeah, 100%. And I I think it's interesting, like, not only did, you know, obviously you gave a great audition and the judges liked you and everything. Um, one thing I'm always curious about when it comes to the judges, right, is your interaction with them only, like, when the cameras are running? Do, do they ever talk to you off camera? Do they do they ever pull you aside? I mean, they're they're super mega famous people that have busy lives and everything. So I would get it if they didn't. But I'm just curious, like, did you interact with them all when the cameras weren't on? A hundred percent. I totally, like, am on the same page. And, and, and I expected. I'm like, okay, Luke, Katie, Lionel, they're all at the top of their genres like they're they're, they're the mega mega famous people yeah they're the biggest they're the biggest thing you can be in their genre and it's amazing that they were able to get all three of those on the panel because yeah it's just you know there's they didn't they didn't uh cut any corners so i expected for sure like yeah i mean come on katie perry's not going to talk to me yeah um but she did and she does and all three of them are the most genuine people i literally can't say that i've ever seen a diva moment out of any of them wow they took time lionel would take like a ridiculous amount of time talking to us behind the scenes and i'd be like don't you have places to be and um, you're like lionel don't waste your time on us yeah i'm like why are you talking (laughs) to me i'm not worthy um but yeah so they were always very down to earth and they still are we just went back and filmed something um that's actually airing on monday and uh and they were just taking their time and 
I was talking with Katie and she's so down to earth. She was showing me pictures of her baby and stuff. I was like, man, this is like, do you have those moments like where, where you're even, even though you want American Idol and everything, do you have that moment where you're doing that and Katie's showing you pictures of your baby and you're like, what is my life right now? Like, I shouldn't be here doing this stuff with hanging out with Katy Perry and Lionel Richie and Luke Bryan. Like, what is going on right now? A hundred percent. I'm like, yeah, nobody's seen pictures of her baby and she's showing them to me. This is That's so wild. That's and really cool. Yeah, it's it's definitely. Yeah, it's a special little group to be a part of. It's very it's very cool, but it's very wild. Like I. And then I watch it on TV and I'm like, oh my gosh, I was just there. Never, it never feels real either. And when you're yeah. in it, your adrenaline is so high that you don't even realize you're on the show when you're on the show. You're just kind of doing your thing. And now I watch it and I watch those contestants and I'm like, how are they doing this? Like, how are they not messing up the words? And I'm like, I was there. I literally did this. How did how I do are, this? How are they not messing up the words? Oh, wait, probably in the same way that I didn't mess up with the words when I won American <laughs> Idol. <laughs> Exactly. Having a little bit of that imposter syndrome, yes. <laughs> which is funny. Um, but one thing I'm always curious about in these shows is song choice. Now, is song choice purely up to you, or are there influences where they go, okay, well, here's your list of songs you can choose from? Like, how does that exactly work? And were you ever kind of, I don't want to say pressured, but were you ever kind of pushed to, hey, we would really like it if you did this song, and you're like, I don't want to do that song? Or, you know, how how does song choice actually work on those shows? I got to say, um, everything, every decision on that show is entirely up to the contestant, which is That's awesome. wild. But, you know, I since I've been on both shows, and this is not a knock at the voice or anything, but this is just me being honest. I really think that's why American Idol creates superstars and why they've had so much success. Um, and, and they continue to is because these contestants get on there, dress how they want to dress. They pick every song. They say anything they want to say. Nothing is staged. And so they're able to continue that persona after they leave the show. Whereas on The Voice, I was dressed. I was, um, I was, you know, fed a few lines here and there. I was told what song I'm going to sing, how I'm going to do it. Whoa. I mean, they definitely packed no a character together because um, it's just so much more polished, I feel like, The Voice is very much more like, okay, like we have to establish characters and stuff. And then once you get off the show, it's like, wait, where are all these people who are making me into something that I'm not? Now I'm not. Yeah, like because I'm not you know, that I person. Like, I feel like they don't let you be as authentic. And American Idol, if I wanted to get up there in sweatpants every week, they would have let me get up there in sweatpants that every week. That is so wild. And, and they definitely like, the executive producer, she called me for the first live show and was like, hey, I was looking through your Instagram and I saw you did Homeward Bound by Simon and Garfunkel. I think that'd be a really cool song for you to do for your first round. But I mean, it's totally up to you. And um, and yeah, I mean, that's uh, so that that inspired that choice. But, you know, and, and the other thing is people get cut because of their song choices yeah. and on The Voice. When your songs are being chosen for you, well, it's not on you when you pick when you, a bad song is chosen for you. And it's like, but it's also not authentic. Like on Idol, I see all the time people pick songs that I'm like, why did they do that? Like no one's going to know this song and they're going to get cut because nobody cares enough about like a lot of people watch and it's surface level. If I know this song, then I can compare it. 
Um, I can compare both artists singing it and it's more, I guess, more likable. You know, there's all those little factors that go into it. And I think that all the time people get cut for their song choices. And so on The Voice, I don't know that it's necessarily fair that somebody else is picking your songs for you, you know? Yeah, if, if I'm going to get cut, I want to go down with my own choice, not, hey, exactly. we didn't we didn't really like how you sang this song. And you're like, well, I didn't choose this song. Exactly. I didn't like it either. <laughs> exactly. And that's, yeah, I mean, that's a huge part of it is you got to be all, you got to be all around thinking about everything, thinking about, I mean, a lot of those songs that I chose, I didn't necessarily, they weren't like, if it were up to me, I would have chosen some really obscure, like, yeah, um, Rachel Yamagata or like somebody who like, 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 you know, like not as well known of songs, yeah. but I knew, okay, who am I playing for? I'm playing for middle America, Facebook moms, know your audience. songs that they know. And, um, I mean, it's, you definitely have to play the game. It's a, it's a it's a it's a contest. It's a show. Yeah. It's not it's not. Oh, this is a showcase of artistry. No, no, no. This is a this is a contest. You yeah, know, you gotta win. Yeah. yeah. I um speaking of choosing the songs, I have to say for me personally, um, my two favorite performances you did were "Brand New Key." I thought that was absolutely incredible. The way your voice shifted and changed throughout that sh- song and how you hit those notes. And, and it was always, it, you know, everybody loves, people don't talk about this, but everybody loves to see judges reactions. Right. And when you hit those certain notes, I remember that moment. It's like Katie and Lionel, like look at each other and they give each other like a, did you just, did you just hear what she just did kind of look? Um, and then when you sang God only knows now that is one of my absolute favorite songs in the whole world. Um, I think, it, and it's a song that a lot of people sing. It's a very, it's a very kind of, I don't want to say common, but like a lot of people sing God Only Knows. But what I liked about how you did it is a lot of your songs, you know, there's a band and you have, uh, you know, a guitar or ukulele or whatever it is. And there's a lot of things going on and all this. When you sang God Only Knows, it was like you and the mic. And you're just like looking right into the camera. And that was, I remember like getting chills when, when you sang God only knows, because it was like, you were looking directly at people like through the camera and it wasn't glitz and glam. It was just kind of raw you. And I think that's what really, you know, kind of connected the audience, at least for me and my kind of circle of friends that were fans um, with that. But then also like brand new key was just so much fun. That was such a fun song to listen to. Um, do you have particular favorites going back and watching, you know, you know, idol and seeing you perform all these songs, do you have favorite moments slash songs that you did? And do you have ones where you go, if I could have, you know, obviously you didn't mess up that bad. You won the show, but if I could have gone back, I would have done a different song or I didn't like this as much as, as maybe other people did or whatever. Well, first of all, thank you. That's so nice of you to say. Um, those two were definitely some of my favorites. Um, but I think my two favorites were Nothing Compares to You for mm-hmm. Prince Week. Yeah. Um, and I would say God Only Knows. And I really, I, I, I was challenged with Nothing Compares because I was in like the ENT, like the doctor's like emergency. They were like sh- putting shots in my in my throat like 20 minutes before I went on on stage because I, I was having a really hard time singing and my throat was like really hurting. 
And so, um, so that, um, that I was challenged with, but also I was told, I, I, I thought I got to play piano because I have to show it's that time when I got to pull out more cards. I can't. Versatility. Yeah. Yeah. So I've, I've wanted to play piano and I remember someone telling me, do not play piano. Do not take that risk. And I was like, I don't care. I have to take this risk and I think it's worth it. Wow. And I, I'm, I got to show that I'm not just a guitar player. I can do more than that. And, and that was so much fun, that performance. Uh, I felt very relaxed at the piano. Um, and God only knows, I didn't have to play an instrument on that. And so that was a lot. That was very, like, calming that I could just stand there and sing and didn't have, only had to worry about my vocals. And so um, those two were definitely two of my favorites. And um, what I would change, I... In a heartbeat, would change <laughs> Walk Like an Egyptian. I would have never done that song. The reason I did that song is because I thought, well, I've been playing it safe with this Americana folk kind of thing. That's what I've been doing. Let's do something funky and weird. And um, I just, I don't know why I did that song. I thought, I look back down and I'm like, what are you thinking? Come on. What are you doing, Maddie? <laughs> <laughs> Get it together. Um so let's talk a little bit about that. Uh, speaking of, you know, persona, right? You've been playing these kind of folky songs and everything. And I think that really, uh, I, I like how I keep saying, I think things like I'm some professional, but, but also like I'm the audience, right? Like I'm the people that buys the songs and goes to the shows and everything. So it's kind of cool to kind of look at it from, you know, my perspective, I guess for me, but you know, I think people kind of put themselves in these categories and an audience certainly puts you in a category and you have this kind of great voice that I think really appeals to those types of, you know, more kind of intimate folky, you know, just really kind of getting to the heart of things kind of music. Like your voice really, at least for me, like appeals to that type of music. But for you, was that the kind of performer that you viewed yourself as, you know, and, and when Idol ended, did you say, okay, well, I'll continue down this path because clearly it worked. I won American Idol. Mm -hmm. Or did you say, you know, I want to do different music because really famous musicians, you know, like pull Taylor Swift out, right? How many times has she changed up like her yeah. genre and vibe of music? And, and she seems to be really particular about taking her time with it and saying, well, if I'm going to change something, I'm really going to take my time with it and make sure you know, it's honed in and it sounds really good. And it's always interesting when artists do that. Sometimes it works, sometimes it crashes and burns and the audience feels almost betrayed. And the audience is like, no, I liked you for this type of yes. music, not this type of music. What are you doing? I don't like this. Um, you know, so was, what was that kind of process like for you? How do you view yourself as, as a musician? And, you know, did you feel like you had to stick to a certain type of music or did you want to change things up kind of afterwards? That is something that really, really got to me in the beginning, um, just because I was doing a very particular style on American Idol. And so, you know, when I got off the show and I started doing my own live shows and stuff, you know, people would request those songs and come up to me and say, oh, I just loved when you did this song or, you know, would you please do this song again or would you record a version of this song? And I was like, you know, these people voted for that girl who was singing those songs and so I need to stay true to that because that's what what you know people put me here to do that and um and so I was really that really got in my head 
for a long, long time. And I, you know, I finally just, I took a couple years off. Just, I didn't, I didn't really feel like writing. And I, 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 you know, obviously the pandemic got to everybody in their own way. But um, for me, I just kind of took that time off. And um, I think it was really important to have that time off because now I'm back and I've decided that I want to make music for me and what I like and what I'm proud of. And, um, and I hope that people can appreciate, you know, the new style just as much. Now, if you don't mind, talk to me a little bit about that transition. You taking that time off, the pandemic happens, everything is shut down. There's no live music. There's no live anything, really. Uh, you know, what was what was that like for you? You go from, you know, being this really well-recognized musician who won this huge show and you're developing your own style and coming up with music and then everything just stops and there's nothing more live and you're, you use this time to kind of take off. What, you know, what did you do during, it sounds weird to say, but like these two years, it kind of was, right? Like it's yeah. still kind of going on two and a half years. You know, what, what were you doing during that time? Were you writing at all? Or did you truly take a break and just walk away from all of that and live just Maddie's everyday normal life? I, I truly did just take, I truly just stepped back. And obviously I played a few shows here and there, but I got into all kinds of other side projects. I taught myself how to, you know, a lot of home renovation skills, and um, I got really into that, and that was a lot of fun. Um, but uh, I really took a, a lot of time off and just stepped away, and um, and it was a bummer because the the winter of 2019, the end of 2019. 2019 was a very strong year for me. Um, you know, I released my album and then that summer I went on a radio tour and my, both of my songs were charting. And then that fall I went on tour with Ingrid Michaelson. And then the winter we did some more radio stuff and I got to do some shows with the Goo Goo Dolls. And it was a really jam packed year, but I, I felt like we were really making a lot of big strides and I was so excited for what was to come in 2020 because um you know I think everything happens for a reason obviously but um I had a whole album that was ready to release um in April 2020 and then when everything shut down um they called me and said we're not doing the album and you're dropped from the label and it was a huge shock because I was like you know, the radio team and I, we were so excited to keep working on what we had, you know, all the big strides we'd make, made the year before, and we were going to build on top of that. And, and I'm, I'm so curious to know, you know, what we could have done. Um, because I, I, I was, I was really excited moving forward, but then, you know, it all just fell apart and I got really discouraged. I got really down kind of just gave up for a couple of years and it took me a long time to finally be like, no, I've, I've got to do this and try again. So a couple things with that. Uh, first off, I love the Goo Goo Dolls and I love Ingrid Michelson. Um, I, I think, uh, at least I, I like Ingrid Michelson's original stuff, but for me, uh, her cover of can't help falling in love, I think is one of the best covers I've ever heard in my life. Yeah. Um, that's a really amazing song and the Goo Goo Dolls I've been a fan of. I've seen them a couple times in concert, which is really cool. So you got to, you know, you're touring with people that are already been established in the business for quite a while and you're doing these fun things. 
you have a record and you're like ready to go. Pandemic happens and then you get dropped. It gets canceled. And I cannot even imagine what type of feeling that was for you. You know, everything is picking up and you're building and you're just going literally up, up, up. And then everything stops and then kind of goes down. Right. So yeah. you, you take that time off and then you, you really took the time off. And then you said, you know, and then you decided to, you know, start doing this again. But what was that actual thing? What was that thing that made you say, I'm going to do this again and I'm going to do it my way? Like, was there like a, a decisive thing or was it like a gradual thing kind of over time? You were like, I should do this again. I will do this again. I am going to do this again. Or was there like a moment for you where you were like, screw this. I'm doing this my way. Um, You know, there was a lot of people who were on my team who... I don't know that they really, I mean, they were part of my team, but I think that they were checked out by this time, you know? And obviously I let two years go by yeah, and wasn't doing really anything. And so, you know, the momentum really died out. And I think that there were a lot of people who were checked out. And so when I wanted to get going again, they were still checked out and were just kind of not, not excited about it. And that was like, okay, well, now that I'm excited and, and motivated to do this, I need people who are excited because yeah. if they're not, this, this isn't going to work. I can't just roll the ball on my own, you know? And so, um, you know, you got to surround yourself with a team who's excited. And um, luckily, just by chance, um, I, I then I, I linked up with a new team entirely. And, um, and it's totally a clean slate now. And... Um, and it's very exciting because they are so excited about everything and so motivated and driven and 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 know the ins and outs of everything and I've learned so much. Um, and so yeah, it's um, it's it's refreshing and I think it's been so important to be surrounded by people who um, are passionate about it also. What do you do personally to unwind? What do you do to relax? Like you're you're not performing, you're not singing, and you're just you're at home hanging out, you know, just comfy. Uh, what what do you do that that kind of allows you to just kind of let go of everything and relax? Um, I mean, I get in my comfiest clothes. I have that's, no that's a require. On. That's a requirement. I have no makeup on. I have my hair up. Um and. I just like to chill on the couch um, with Caleb, my boyfriend, and we just watch whatever, or we just, or I just sit here on my laptop and he, like, um, he plays, He's he's got this, like, this, like, wrestling video game that he loves so much, uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I like to ask that because... I've had on a couple, you know, I'll put you obviously in the category of like celebrity, right? I've had on a couple people that are well known that have been on Netflix shows and, you know, things like that now. And I like to ask that question to them because I think for my audience, at least, and I've had people, my listeners comment on this, that they do like it, that it's a nice reminder that even famous people and celebrities and stuff, they relax the exact same ways as the regular Joe Schmo non-famous person. <laughs> like, get in comfy clothes, throw your hair back, no makeup on, just watch TV, hang out with your partner, play video games, whatever it is. And it's always funny to me that, you know, 
famous people or celebrities or whatever you want to call them relax the exact same ways that everybody else does yes um and it's it's like this kind of just go-to thing there's just something about like i'm wearing a hoodie right now and this is one of my comfiest things that there's just something about throwing on a hoodie and (laughs) not caring about what you look like that just feels so good and relaxing and it's uh, so relaxing there's nothing like it allows you to just kind of recenter yourself so we talked about kind of your you're before you were famous, your American Idol, your experiences with that, your music, you took this break, you're getting back into it. Let's talk about it now. What are you into? What's going on right now? Like what's happening in your life right now? Well, right now, um, I just had a song release, um, which is very exciting. Um, which I listened to and it was awesome. Thank you. Yeah. I really liked it a lot. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and I'm just gearing up, getting ready to go on tour in um in june i'm doing a little run um and i'm really excited about that and um yeah that's that's what's new and and so i'm just and i'm every day learning the ins and outs of being an independent musician because it is tough and i've got to wear a lot of hats and wow yeah it's very different um when you're not signed by a multi-million dollar company <laughs> uh so i i am curious about that uh can you talk about a little bit of those differences like you know you got this giant company behind you and they're pushing and promoting and there's a massive team of people and then that all goes away and now you're doing like you said the real hard work yourself you're wearing all the different hats what are for you day to day or when you're creating or whatever you kind of want to shape it as what are the biggest differences that you actually experience and notice well, right now, um, I'm also managerless. Um, so that is a whole nother game. Um, but uh, right now, you know, the creative process is the same because, you know, I never had help from the label writing or anything like that. You know, I, I went to these sessions, of course, that they set up. And that was something that I thought was going to be a really big struggle. I thought, you know, when I was signed, I was in the room with these big, big producers and writers and stuff. And, and my label could get me into pretty much, I, w- I don't want to say any room, but they could get me into very big rooms. And um, and so, uh, you know, I thought that was going to be a struggle independently um, because a lot of the people who I wrote with before, I can't get in touch with now because they're like, well, you know, you don't have, you're obviously independent, so you're not going to be giving me my typical rate for a a song, you know, and, um, you know, I mean, a label pays somewhere from 10 to 60 grand per song, you know, Wow. and independently I'm finding you're paying like 1500 to four grand. And so it's a big jump for those producers. Um, and I understand why, you know, they can't afford to work with me. You know, they can't, they can't, they, they don't have time to, when they've got somebody with a major label that's going to be paying them the, the big, you know, big dollars, then, um, you know, they, they can't really waste their time with me, which sucks, but I do understand that. Um, yeah. But anyways, I thought that was going to be more difficult, but I've, I've, I've recently kind of like relocated my, um, my career in Nashville. I was doing everything in L.A., and now I'm doing everything in Nashville and it's so nice and people have been so gracious and, um, you know, I've, I've, 
I've, I've uh, networked with anyone I possibly can to get sessions and stuff like that. And I've, you know, I've gotten in the room with, with really big people again. And, um, and so that's, that's been really great. And people have been really gracious with me here. Um, so that has been awesome. Um, so the creative process, I can't say is any, any different really. Um, but you know, I, I'm working with a, a distribution team and so they've been just like the hands and feet of like putting this song out and making sure that everything's, you know, everything's in order before the release. Um, but also, you know, there's not a, I guess, I guess usually, um, with a label, like a label would create your assets and your album artwork and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I was doing all that before. So I did all that for my first album and coordinated all that for my first album. So that luckily, um, I had experience with that, but, um, on the, on the other side of things, um, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm having, I, I'm also, um, I don't have a business manager right now either, man. I sound like a hot mess over here, but, um, <laughs> but so I'm going to have to be dealing with the royalties on all of the songs also and splitting those up evenly between the producers and, that I don't even know how to do that, so I'm just pretending like I do, and I'll figure it out when the time comes. Fake and it right till now, you make it. Yes, exactly. And right now I'm looking at my laptop with all these tabs open, and I've got a music budget sheet, a tour spreadsheet. I've got um, Google Maps to see my tour route, how far <laughs> away they are, and I've got Hotels.com, Amtrak, American Airlines. So I'm also the tour manager and the travel agent, um, for myself. And that is exhausting. And I've also got, since I don't have a manager, I'm having to advance all these shows. So I've got to call up every venue myself and figure out the details. And wow. that's going to be interesting because I don't have any idea what I'm doing. So that's my life in a nutshell. That's what I'm doing every day. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're getting to experience every side of it, right? So that in the future, you'll know if somebody's doing it the right way or not. Because you'll be like, hey, listen, I knew how to do this. Don't complain about it. This is your job. That is a great point. Because before, I was kind of like, uh, is that their job or not? And now I'm going to know for sure. Now so. you're going to know 100%. Yeah. Um, so tell me about one that got away. Uh, it is the, you know, what just dropped for you. Um, and I'm uh, very excited about that. Uh, like I said, listened to it yesterday. Really great. Really enjoyed it. Uh, so tell my audience a little bit about one that got away. Um, any insight you can give them into people love insight behind the scenes stuff, motivation, all that kind of stuff. So any little bits of, you know, tidbits you can give my audience about one that got away and what it means, you know, to you and for you. Yeah. So, um, so I kind of had this idea going into the session um, about um, I had the pre-chorus kind of written and um, it's inspired by my friend um, who actually is a public figure and I'm sure a lot of people know who she is, um, but I won't reveal her yet. Um, and uh, she was in a long-term relationship with um, what seemed to be the love of her life and all of a sudden... One day he just decided, I don't want to be with you anymore. And he just up and left. And this girl is a total catch and just like, um, like just excels on all levels. And it's, it was mind blowing that, um, that someone could just up and leave her. Um, and, and I kept telling her that, you know, we talked through it and stuff. And I was like, you know, you are, 
going to come out just fine. And it's, you're going to be, you know, you're going to be on top of the world. You, you know, you can't, this is some, you're going to be the one that got away, I guess, essentially. And, um, and he's going to regret it. And I guess, um, this song was written last July and, um, shortly after this whole breakup happened. And then, uh, you know, now that we're releasing it, um, she is over him, you know, and she is like, um, she did not let it shake her and she just kept moving in her career and is, and is doing so well. Um, and so that's what I wrote it about. Um, but also, um, it kind of took on another meaning for me just about, um, you know, the people who've left me in my career. It's, it's kind of what I want to say to those people. And it's kind of what I, I, I hope, um, you know, can happen. And I hope that I can be successful on my own and not, you know, and not need to look back and, and regret any of those people leaving. And, um, you know, so, um, I think it's a message, um, that anybody can use in a lot of, a lot of different situations. Yeah. I definitely recommend all of my listeners to check it out. Um, by Maddie, it's uh, one that got away. Uh, you can find it all over. I listen to it on Spotify. That's where I listen to things. So people can listen to it, um, everywhere you get your music. So, uh, one, one kind of final thing I'm curious about before we kind of wrap up, uh, is are there things, and I'm sure there are, uh, but are there things that surprise you about your own music of what catches on what people like, like, do you ever have a song, whether you write or you're doing a cover or whatever it is and you go, yeah, yeah, I guess this will be okay. And people are like, oh, this is awesome. I really love this or vice versa. You're like, this is going to be my song. And people are just like, eh, that's all right. And you're like, really? Okay. <laughs> For sure. There's songs that I put out that barely made my first album. Um, and people love them. And I'm like, what? I And I hate playing the song live. And I hate, like, I, I don't <laughs> even, I, I don't even love that it's my song, but That's people funny. like it. And so, oh yeah. Um, I mean, luckily, those, none of those like popped off. I shouldn't say luckily it'd be great if they still popped off, but yeah, <laughs> you know, it'd be even better if, um, this new stuff that I'm very proud of, if, if, if these popped off instead, you know? Yeah. I was, I was just recently in New York, uh, and I got to see Billy Joel at Madison square garden, which was wow. really cool. Um, and he did a really funny thing where he said, okay, so this next song, uh, didn't even actually make the album. Um, and one of my friends who was in the music industry said, Hey, you idiot, put this song on the album. This is really good. And he's like, nah, people aren't going to care about this song. And she was like, okay, listen, I'm telling you, put this song on the album. And he goes, and it was the biggest song on the album, which shocked me. And it was by, if you know, Billy Joel, the song, just the way you are, um, that song wasn't originally on his album. Wow. You know, what's so funny last night I was listening to Pandora, um, radio, and I, I don't remember what station I was on, but that song came on. Really? Yeah. Well, that, And I think he said it was Linda Ronstadt said, like, hey, uh, dummy, put this on the album. This is a great song. And he was like, okay, I'll put it on. And he goes, and it ended up being one of the biggest songs in my career. So it's always see. funny when people, you know, musicians, and that's what made me think to ask you. He said, oh, I thought this was just a whatever song. Like, okay, this is fine. And he said it's, you know, one of the biggest songs of my entire career. So it's always interesting, I think, when things kind of surprise you of like, oh, and I guess for me, it's like some of my episodes, I'm like, yeah, this episode seems fine. And it's like a huge episode for me. And then an episode yeah. that I think will be bigger doesn't get downloaded as much. And I'm like, really? What what went wrong with this one? So, you know, I was just kind of curious if that happened to you. 
like at all. So that's really yeah, interesting. Yeah, for sure. That's so interesting. Um, well, Maddie, I am so, so grateful that you did this, that you took time out of your schedule, uh, to do this because I know you have a ton going on right now. Um, so thank you so much for doing this, but before I get you out of here, five question Q and A, are you ready for it? I'm so ready. All right, cool. Uh, so first question, what is your favorite late night snack? Cereal. What kind? I love honeycomb. I love pops. Oh my gosh. You said honeycomb. I love honeycomb. Okay. First off, I'm freaking out right now. First off, nobody ever talks about honeycomb, and it is my absolute favorite cereal. Oh my god! It's my favorite cereal. I love honeycomb. Everybody so goes to so the good. usual suspects of like you know Captain Crunch or Cinnamon Toast Crunch or whatever, and those are fine. But I've never honeycomb had is Crunch. yeah, honeycomb is my favorite cereal. That's so funny that you said that. That's crazy. You know what? Also, I gotta say though, I love honeycomb, but they make it in too big of a box. They need to make a smaller box. They it's make enormous. the box takes up the whole cart when i go grocery shopping <laughs> it's so funny that's really funny though um good choice uh what is a dream vacation of yours oh man some sort of um i don't know like new zealand or something mm. pretty picturesque yeah yeah i like that uh what is something that makes you sad um kids that um like if a kid is going through a hard time and like can't like can't fend for themselves like like kids with like rough home lives or like yeah you know kids who get picked on in school and they they can't really do anything about it that makes me very sad because um kids are the most innocent you know form of human and i um they should be protected at all costs i love i love kids <laughs> what is something that makes you happy um hmm. a very sunny day like today and yesterday so green a very sunny day in the spring like it's so green and beautiful outside right now what is some advice that you would give your younger self um just like uh stick to your guns and like you're gonna fail you're going to fail ever. So many people are going to tell you no, but you're all you got at the end of the day. So you got to believe in yourself because if you don't believe in yourself, nobody's going to. Maddie Poppy, thank you so much for doing this. You are a genuinely, I think an incredible example of just kind of work ethic and dedication and perseverance. And you kind of, you know, you're just somebody that comes from Iowa and then you go on to win American Idol and you're doing music your way and you're living your life in Nashville and doing it your style and your way. And I think that's so incredible. Uh, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, you can find her on Instagram. That is where I found Maddie. I'm under Maddie Poppy, M-A-D-D-I-E-P-O-P-P-E. -P -P -E. So check her out on Instagram. And then One That Got Away. You can find that wherever you find your music. Uh, it's an awesome first step uh, kind of for this coming back out for you, which I think is really cool. Uh, you are going to be going on tour. So you guys, all my listeners out there can check out our tour dates that are coming out. Um, so keep up to date with that. But uh, Maddie, thank you for doing this. I really appreciate it. It has been a genuine pleasure to meet you and have this conversation with you. Oh my gosh, Adam, you are so sweet. And this has been so fun. You ask the best questions. This is oh, so you. um just it's it's um it's fun for me so um so thank you for having me i'm honored to be part of it and um i always love doing this kind of stuff so thanks for asking me and um i appreciate all the support
a lot of great people that I have great conversations with and strangers and cool people that I meet that do different things. But, uh, you know, me actually being a fan of yours, like, you know, musically, this is just kind of neat to have you on for me personally. That is so, so nice to yeah. hear. I appreciate so, that. Um, Maddie, Poppy, uh, you can, you can audience out there, check her out on Instagram and wherever you get her music. Um, but thank you so much for doing this. I hope you have a great rest of your day and enjoy that beautiful sunshine. Thanks. You too. So for everybody out there listening, if this is your first time here, welcome. If you're a returner, welcome back. And regardless of where you're coming from, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. I'll catch you on the next episode.